Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the raid challenges. I will give you some advice about the second raid challenge, which is called A Link in the Chain. I think that's the name of it. Anyway, this is uh, going live on Twitch right now. So usually when these hit the feeds, I'm live. If you want to find me, say no to rage.com. will bring you right to my Twitch channel. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably come watch me live right now. Uh, if not, hit like and subscribe and follow me in the other areas. That'd be really helpful. So if you're wanting to get the second challenge, done, which is in the second encounter in the raid, I will give you our strategy in this video, but we're primarily going to be talking about just like the raid challenges as well as what we kind of want to see going forward. We'll probably even title this like second raid challenge or something because I think more people are going to be interested in like how to do it. So the second raid challenge. First, I want to talk about the first raid challenge and what I kind of think of it. I didn't really do a video about it. I mean, it was very, very straightforward. It was very, very easy. Uh, Second, I want to talk about the second challenge. What is it? What's our strategy? What did we come up with? Lastly, I want to talk about the loot from the challenge, the loot in the raid, and beyond. Because I do like that they brought back a more traditional challenge setup that rotates week to week, that's not attached to a bounty. It's in the raid. And this week's especially, I liked quite a bit. But I do want to start by talking about the first raid challenge since I didn't do a video on it. Many people said it was too easy. They're like, this is ridiculous. This isn't even hard. You basically just don't kill the spawning cyclopses, not the ones that are already in the room when you get there. When you go in the room and there's one there, you kill that one. That one needs to be killed because all ads have to be killed to spawn the angelic. But once you kill that Cyclops, it spawns two behind you. You can't kill those two. So a lot of it became kind of like a just hide from them. It was kind of similar to the Morgeth challenge. You don't kill the ogres. It generally just kind of comes down to finding the right spots to sit and hide. And it didn't really feel like a significant challenge. Now, the reason I was okay with that is because it was the first encounter. Okay. It was the first challenge. It was it was it wasn't that difficult. I mean, and, and also I don't know what my, what else they could have really done with the first encounter. The first encounter is ridiculously straightforward. I mean, people are sacrificing themselves and dying because it's just such such not a challenge. And you're like, oh, I'll grab the thing again and die. Who cares, you know? Uh, and even at the end, people are generally doing that. I did think a flawless run through that encounter would have been a good challenge, but a lot of teams were probably already doing that as well so i thought this was a great introduction you know saying hey listen we're going to do challenges per encounter it's not going to be tied to the bounty system anymore it's going to be something that is you know sort of straightforward and self-explanatory and we'll we'll see how people respond to it so in walks the second challenge this is where i think things are really going in a much better direction so let's talk about the second challenge so for those of you that don't know what the second challenge is The second encounter, which is basically the baseball diamond, where you're dropping people off and you end up with the four spots and then the teleporters and then the angelic show up. Okay, so this is the second encounter. During the second encounter, there is a very, very uh, rhythmic presence of you needing to replenish your enlightenment. You pretty much kind of do it whenever you want. Not that big of a deal. People are like, I need refreshed on first. I need refreshed on third, whatever. And people are kind of zipping around replenishing each other. The challenge in the second encounter is that any time you are replenishing your enlightenment everybody has to do it at the exact same time you don't all have to be on the same spot but you have to do it at the exact same time something we did really early on is we established a ready up uh, system 
there's three pairs of people so there's there's two people at each spot there's two people at home two people at third and two people at second base whenever we're replenishing and we established a readying system because sometimes the box gets a little glitchy so you shoot once you have a beam on you you are ready your partner is kind of around the corner everybody is in a ready position so ready one two three everybody says ready and then you count down one two three Three, step in. Everybody steps in. The beams are all being created at roughly the same time. Now, the real trick here is you want to be doing this ahead of the rhythm of the fight. So anytime you're done clearing ads, you need to be going to your position and getting ready because as soon as you are done clearing the ads and it says the defenses have subsided, you're going to want to quickly be doing your countdown because as soon as it says uh, defenses deployed, okay, deployed, once it says that you are kind of behind the eight ball if you're not enlightening ahead of that and the reason that you want to do that is because when the angelic show up you can't use the box to get enlightenment so you always want to be doing your enlightenment well ahead of when it says defense is deployed which is why you generally want to be getting into positions and getting ready as soon as your ads are dead you should be getting into positions and getting ready once all three sections are ready get your enlightenment there is a clear rhythm to the room and this ensures that you're never trying to enlighten when the angelic shows up that's when things get really complicated and you're likely to just fall behind and have sacrifices because you're going to have to leave to replenish which means you're losing tons of time so that's the strategy that we use keep in mind once you go to the center if you're successful and the walls come down and you go to the center now you're in the pocket this is the easiest part don't screw up now be very careful and make sure all six people are ready whenever you're about to shoot that box whoever shoots the box once you're in the center you gotta make sure everybody's ready you're gonna probably have to enlighten the first time and then the second time and then you're pretty much done if you make it that far you're you're gonna you're gonna be really mad at yourself if you screw it up because the, the the beginning parts are the most challenging the other thing that's gonna trip you up is once angelic show up people are gonna have to play disciplined people tend to overreact I've got I've got angelics and it's like the whole dadgum team comes flying through the teleporter Angelics are not that difficult to kill. Everybody should have a floater. There should be a floater that kind of goes from home base and can pivot to third or first. And then there should be a floater at second base that can kind of float between uh, first and third as well. You should have a preference. My preference is usually that I'm pivoting from home to first, and then the person at second base is usually pivoting to third base. So there's always somebody with you when you're fighting the Angelics. If you overreact to the Angelic showing up, you could potentially fall behind and also have places that are not being covered. So don't overreact when the Angelics show up. You're going to fall outside the rhythm of the fight. Generally speaking, if you're going for a challenge, your team should be good enough to manage the Angelics. They're really, really weak. One last thing I forgot to mention about our strategy. The opening of the fight is key to having a really, really good rhythm, and here's what I mean. Two people go left, two people go right, and then two people stay at the home base. That very, very first angelic that you see, don't kill him right away. What we do is, I'm always at home base, we kind of hide, we kill the minotaurs and the goblins that are kind of coming out because they don't have shields yet. There's like two waves of normal ads at the very beginning. We kill them and kind of hide. Once the two pairs that went left and right tell us they're killing their angelic, we kill our angelic too, and then everybody gets into the ready position for the very, very first enlightenment. That's your first 
enlightenment staggering that angelic at the beginning is a huge help because if you don't do that those shielded guys are going to start coming out and then you're going to be like oh my gosh we need to enlighten you guys need to hurry up there's less rush on the people that are pushing left and right if you stagger the angelic kill at the very very beginning that should help you get it done i like this challenge a lot probably the best challenge in all of destiny 2 not surprising i i i favor garden i think garden's the best raid in all of destiny 2 it brings back that intensity and that awareness that you kind of needed in wrath of the machine i like it i loved the idea of pivoting from place to place to place when you're not doing challenge so i really really enjoy this encounter and then having a challenge that completely changes the way we run it i particularly enjoyed but let's talk about the loot and beyond like what are we doing with raids and raid loot and raid challenges etc I do think an extra pinnacle drop is nice Uh, you know and obviously people are going to want to do it for that reason alone if you're going for 60 right if you're going for the 960 gear score if you're not going for the 960 gear score you're like I don't really give a frick about getting extra pinnacles so the extra pinnacle is nice but I think we need to go further you know curated rolls on the weapons would be really nice you know like a guaranteed curated roll on a weapon would be cool there could be different versions of the guns that maybe drop from challenges I don't know something like that a guaranteed drop of the weapon and then maybe a random piece of armor at every single one right an extra chest that lets me pick armor or gun would also be nice if I'm wanting a specific armor drop or I'm really wanting a specific gun drop being able to tell encounter one two three or four give me a gun or give me armor would be nice given that I'm doing a challenge I think we need to be more thoughtful than just oh you did a challenge here's an extra random drop oh it's pinnacle so that's our excuse for giving you you know a bad drop like in the dungeon oh well, it's pinnacle and fully masterwork so ignore the fact that the freaking stats are terrible you know I-, I think there could be more done with respect to saying here's a challenge here's a chest we're going to give you the choice two chests appear you can only open one Once for armor, once for gun from that particular environment. The loot pool being lopsided towards energy weapons is is something that is frustrating, but it might be intentional. I continue to think they might have more plans for Garden of Salvation and the encounters themselves. We could be looking at layers within Garden, so the encounters are different, but the rooms are the same. Uh, They could expand the loot pool next season. They could say, hey, Season of Undying is over. If you want to get any of those guns, you can get them from Eris or something, uh, or any of the armor pieces. And they could completely change the loot pool for Garden of Salvation next season. There are things they could do with Garden, with the Garden loot pool beyond this season. Again, the energy lopsidedness makes me think maybe they have plans to do that. The complete lack of a heavy weapon at all makes me think they might do something like that. By and large, I think challenges are a great way to increase difficulty. I still think they need to do something with Contest Modifier, but I think this is probably the best challenge we've had thus far in all of Destiny 2 raids. So We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're here live, you can submit your questions. If you're watching or listening in all the other locations please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the second challenge in the garden of salvation raid if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you could probably catch me live right now at say no to rage.com that's where i'm usually streaming when these hit the feed so come on into the twitch channel and hang out with us i'm gonna jump right into the questions there's a long one here right off the jump we try not to have these be this long but Excedrin says, I completed the new raid challenge and I loved it. Last Q&A, I said I didn't like the last raid challenge because it was too easy. The new one is exactly what I wanted. Probably the best raid challenge in Destiny 2. Okay, so see, all of that isn't necessary for future question answer writing. That's a huge chunk of this that we could have 
not had written. So try to not do that if possible. Do you think raid challenges should have specific gear associated with them, or do you think there should be more than four challenges per raid to keep the relevancy longer? I think one challenge per encounter is fine. So I'm going to answer that part of your question first. I don't know if you could start saying, oh, there's now we have a next uh, challenge for, you know, encounter one. Uh, I mean, one challenge per encounter is fine because then you finesse it and then you know, okay, this week it's encounter number three or encounter one or whatever. And you kind of know what you're supposed to do now. Specific gear associated with the challenge. Maybe like I suggested, maybe curated versions of the guns. So it takes you a while to get all of them, right? There's two potential guns on the first encounter. That means it would take you, uh, that's actually a really good idea. I wish I would have put this in the video. Shoot. Okay. So encounter one shows up with the challenge and you get a guaranteed drop of a curated gun, right? So you get the bow curated not everybody would be that excited about it but you get the bow then after four weeks the first challenge comes back around and then that time you get the curated fusion um there's two guns for every encounter except for the final encounter i think is just a sniper so that could be a really good way to say i mean they're really far apart it's a guaranteed drop blah 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 i i kind of touched on this in in my video just saying here's an extra drop is not i don't think far enough i want to see more done with raid loot and with challenges and the loot pool in general this is another way where i believe they could iterate better and say hey you just did a raid challenge and the reward is the curated version of this weapon um given that you'd have to wait four weeks for it to come back around i don't think that's a problem because you're only going to be able to do it once on each character so you could basically say everybody's getting a bow this week right and then on your second and third character you would just break the bow down for the materials but you would have that guarantee another thing that I talked about in the video was let me pick between armor and and the guns if I'm not interested at all in the curated bow on my second and third character let me pick and tell oh give me armor And then it's like, okay, there's two armor chances from this encounter. You're going to get one or the other. But at least you're giving me some some control. You got to be careful. Again, we've talked about this before. If you give somebody too much intentionality, that's actually a problem. So we don't want to give somebody the ability to be like, give me this exact piece of armor at every stage of the raid. But having some influence over the drop when you're doing a challenge, I think would be okay. Galaxy Sorry. With Bungie now talking about cross-platform play, how would you predict this would affect the game and content creation? I mean, the we had a big, long discussion about service streams and doing Raid Sherpa, you know, and if Trials comes back, I'm sure there'll be Trials carry streams. I was talking about how that's actually not the best strategy as a content creator because it's very, very limiting. You can only help a couple people at a time and it starts to get really repetitive because everybody kind of knows what your strategy is anyway. So it has depreciating returns as a, as a brand, but I could see cross-platform being super helpful, especially to guys that do that do PC. They could stay on PC and help everybody anywhere at any time. Uh, now, obviously, this could affect you know connection speeds and having difficulty with instancing and lag. We've been having some an increase in that since the move to steam unfortunately we've had a rise in connectivity issues and i get strict nat type all over the place now which makes no sense i've played this game 
on PC since its launch, and I never, ever, ever had strict NAT type. As soon as they launched cross-save, and as soon as it hit Steam, uh, we started having issues with that. So, um... I, it, that would be a potential problem if you suddenly bring in crossplay. Overall, I think that'd be a huge win for the community. I think it'd be a huge win uh, for streamers as well because they'd be able to help more people. So, uh, Arcane Blaze, are raid challenges worth doing beyond triumphs and leveling up? I think so. It's a guaranteed extra pinnacle drop. So at the very least, if you're running raids every week, I would think pinnacle drops are of some interest they're not the primary reason maybe you're playing every single week but I would feel like if you're logging in and you're playing raids every week then I would kind of expect you to care about pinnacles that's why I think they need to go further because I don't think as I don't think everybody's as motivated by pinnacles as the next I also think that in general you know people are motivated for loot more than pinnacles which is why i keep wanting to iterate on the loot in the raid because i just i I really really struggle to care after a while i'm just i'm already like oh but the main reason i'm going in is for the pinnacles because getting higher on the pinnacles is nice because then it can make the nightmare hunts a little bit easier and the 980s a little bit easier and that's going to be good for next season too because next season i'll be closer to those deltas uh Arcane says, another question, should raid challenges return to raids in D3? Are there any way they could improve upon the idea? My whole video was about that. Uh, Eknor, I like the idea of power grind on the artifact only. What do you think if they replace the milestone drops to weapon and armor? For example, this week Gambit Milestone will award XP and spare rations, or they can do, I'm moving on. Uh, Warjack Prime. Do you think the challenges are rewarding enough? My three challenges last week netted me six fusion rifles. Challenges and wrath seem so much better. Here's the thing. I think that, that this is why they need to reconsider some intentionality about the way that they do the challenges. I think that the challenges should be either here is a very, very intentional choice that you have or the loot, the loot trend in the raid it might be intentional because of things they're going to maybe do next season i said this at the end of my video they may say we're going to expand the loot pool next season we're going to do a raid layer that it's the same raid rooms but the encounters change now the loot pool's different there's only two kinetics and there's no heavy weapons so they could slant the scales in the other direction so there's seven drops right now okay so Uh, there's seven drops right now in the raid. They could do seven drops again. I mean, seven, not seven drops. I said that incorrectly. Hang with me. There's seven guns in the raid right now. So they could flip that around and next season they could do four heavies and three kinetics and just leave energies off the table. Or they could do, they could do three kinetics, one energy, three heavies, right? So I think they could completely, you know, change it because there's so many kinetics they could add there's so many heavies they could add at the very least they could do a grenade launcher a rocket launcher and they could do i guess a sword nobody ever really wants a sword but they could do a grenade launcher a rocket launcher and then something else maybe a linear fusion that's actually worth using or something um an lmg yeah an lmg maybe at the very least a grenade launcher and a rocket launcher would be great so you could do two down there and then you could do three up here on kinetic and then two here so it'd be five and two it'd be another seven seven weapons 
uh, or just like a two, 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 two of each. Grenade launcher, rocket launcher, do two things here, do two things up there. Um, you know, I don't know how much they'd even need to do in the energy slot. They could do maybe a grenade launcher like the fighting lion in the energy slot. That'd be kind of cool to get in a raid. Uh, and then up here, they could do a couple of kinetics. They could do a, a hand cannon kinetic. Uh, they could do a scout kinetic. They could do SMG kinetic pulse. Kin- uh, no, they did a pulse and a, and a bow. Sorry. Uh, an, a kinetic auto rifle. So there's a lot that they could do with the loot pool just within the weapons themselves. Now, I don't know if they would expand the armor, okay? I don't know if they would expand the armor, but I would think the loot, the loot propensity in the raid is a problem that needs to be addressed, but it may be intentional. So either they need to address it with giving us intentionality, or it's intentional, which means it'll be kind of rectified and it'll kind of rebalance itself in the future if they're doing other things with Garden. Uh, Professor Woolley, do you think PvP Overshield should somehow be reworked or removed? I don't honestly know. I don't have a ton of, t- t- ton of in-depth commentary on PvP. I think in general, anytime people try to remove things they don't like, it has other repercussions. And so a lot of the times, you're never really just making an isolated decision in a vacuum. You're making a decision that's going to affect the the ecosystem of the crucible and so i don't know if just removing overshields in general need to be reworked or removed because you get overshields from a variety of ways and you maybe just have one-eyed mask in mind because that's probably the number one thing that you're you're getting annoyed by i don't know i i kind of i kind of glide over these questions i find the crucible debates to be a little exhausting after five years everybody always thinks that their thing is the thing that needs fixed and your thing that you think is bad in the crucible that is so awful might not be the same as the person next to you who also thinks crucible needs changes so it's just i don't really go in depth on these questions that much anymore uh i am club or i'm club do you think the idea of adding separate challenge rooms like the xenophage boss to the new raids i think it would curb the sting of not getting a raid layer see i like this i even said i felt like a lot of the environments you could go different directions and there'd be other rooms especially when you're going through some of those areas where there's like the flowers and the pathways there could very easily be other places down in there that would change the flow of the raid where maybe the open encounter is always the same right but maybe there's like a different version of the raid where after the opening encounter we run down into that hole and the one way is blocked off and we end up going to the right into some new room new boss fight and then after that boss fight we come back to in the same encounter number three so some of the encounters stay but some of the encounters get swapped out or something I don't know I would love to see them do something with it I love Garden of Salvation's look and feel and size and I think they could use that as another iteration and evolution of the idea of raid layers where they're getting more capital and other people are going to cry reskin they're like well it's just a reskin just using the same raid over I I know people are going to cry about that but like I do think to a certain degree we have to accept a certain degree of creative repurposing because if if not you're you're going to you're going to make it really really tough for them to crank out content every couple of months for a $10 season if you're not okay with some degree of repurposing it's Rondo. 
Uh, total of everything we got in Season of the Undying, is this what we should expect from the next few seasons? I get different versions of this question a lot, and my answer is basically this. If you look at the annual pass content, okay, the annual pass content went from the Forges to Drifter to Menagerie. As much as we didn't like Season of the Drifter, Gambit Prime and Reckoning were far more substantive content ads than the Four Forges, okay? Now, I know we got Scourge of the Past, but that's the raid team. That's kind of separate. So, I believe the annual pass kind of ramped up in substance as time went on. They have more time to work on it. I think Season of the Undying will be, if you ignore Shadowkeep and you just slice off Season of the Undying, it'll be the weakest season because it was attached to Shadowkeep. I think that the winter season will be, let's let's put it on a scale of 1 to 4, okay? Or, I'm sorry, 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10 of substance, I think Season of the Undying on its own is like a week 6. It's not that strong. It's basically just Vex Offensive, okay? There's not a lot going on in the Season of the Undying. I think the winter season will be a solid 7, then the season after that like an 8, and then the summer season will be like a 9, because like Season of Opulence was really, really enjoyed. People really, really liked it. I think the more time they have, the better the seasons get. So if there's a team right now working on the summer season, they have way more time to flesh out, build out systems, and come up with things compared to whoever's working on the winter season, okay? So, I think it's gonna, I think it's going to like ramp up six that's generous the reason i give it a six is it's a weak six i didn't say it was a strong six it's a weak six okay is because vex offensive is fun it's easy it's accessible it's got intentional loot grind icor is a great npc it's got a lot of value okay but again the reason i give it a weak six and i don't chop it all the way down to like a three or a four is it's not fair to judge it in a vacuum it's not fair to judge it in a vacuum because it's not delivered in a vacuum it's delivered alongside Shadowkeep as a complimentary seasonal piece you also have to consider the seasonal book is is a part of this so i think that you have to give it at least a six because as soon as you start going to five or below you're basically saying it's bad content which I don't think you can say it's bad content you can say it's not super substantive or you don't like it but I don't think it's bad content and it also needs again it needs to be judged as a complimentary season ad the main thing we were doing with our $35 is we were mainly buying Shadowkeep, which was a new planet, a new NPC, an, you know, new, you got the, you got the two new strikes, you got the, you got the lost sectors on the planet, you got the expanded planet, you got the new loot pool on the planet, uh, and the new, and the new, um, nightmare hunts. You got all those things. That was mainly what you were paying for in Shadowkeep, right? Arcane Blaze. A little off topic, but what should we expect from Bungie for D3 now that they split from Activision? This is too broad and too far down the line, so I'm going to skip your question. You've asked a lot of questions already anyway. Uh, HMongolite. Lono, do you think Bungie will do any streams to showcase the new info for Season of Dawn being so close to the holiday end of the season? I thought we would get have gotten more info by now. If they're, I, I think that this week they'll give us a twab about the final assault and then I think next week's TWAB will likely be a little bit more substantive because basically next week's TWAB is the 21st so we're not Thanksgiving week yet so they have everybody's captured attention it's not a holiday week yet okay so oh you can see my calendar in the Q&A capture so like tomorrow's the 14th I think tomorrow it's going to be a TWAB about final assault what that means for the end of the season then I believe the 21st November the 21st will be probably the most substantive TWAB we've gotten about 
basically season of dawn if they don't then what they're going to run into is maybe maybe they wait and we do thanksgiving and we come back and the first week in december they could really really push hard with either a stream a vid doc a trailer and a twab they may wait until the first week of december by then though it might be like it, it, I would think, again, from a marketing standpoint, you'd want to really start saying, now that Vex Offensive Final Assault is behind us, it is now, let's imagine it's November the 21st. Now that Vex Offensive is launched and blah blah blah, and Icor is finishing her blah 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 with Vex Offensive and the Season of the Undying, Eyes Forward Guardian Season of Dawn. And then they go into the details of Season of Dawn. They have to whet your appetite and start getting pre-orders for Season of Dawn from anybody who didn't pay for the $60, um, whatever it was called, the Ultimate Edition of Shadowkeep, right? You gotta start whetting people's appetites. If you wait until the week of December, the first week of December, you're right up against the launch date. It's like, people might be like, you guys waited too long, I bought a bunch of other games, I don't care now, you know? TWAB stands for This Week at Bungie. Every Thursday there is a blog that goes out Eastern Time. It's around 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. There's a blog that goes out every week. So this week's blog will likely be talking about the Vex Offensive Final Assault that launches on Tuesday next week. Uh, And then I believe the following week they would basically say that sort of concludes this season's rhythm of delivery. Eyes forward to Season of Dawn. So, it was the digital deluxe. Yeah, that the digital deluxe version basically got you, you know, Shadowkeep and then the winter, spring, and summer seasons. I don't know how many people bought that. I would think you'd really want people to start buying the new the new season, the next season. You want to start selling your next drop before Black Friday? Right, before everybody starts buying video games and consoles and controllers and spending their their gamer budget, you're going to want people to start buying your $10 season before Black Friday hits, right? Um, I would think that'd be the strategy. The Faz says, A bit off topic, was wondering if you think titles could benefit from different levels of rank. Shadow Apprentice, Shadow Novice, Shadow Master. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I don't have a lot of thought about it, and I think the very the very few people that really, really love chasing every single title or getting a title, I think that it's a great reward. You don't see a ton of them, and the ones that you see, I think are, you know, I, I, I think it's fine. I don't think you need to, um, I don't think you need to have tiers of titles. T-Funk. There are a few things in Destiny that make it special, in my opinion. Early raid completions, outbreak and whisper missions, and 980 nightfalls, and lastly, puzzles. Could raids or dungeons benefit from having more than one puzzle? The dungeon has Xeno, raids have Divinity. Um, this is a good question. I... Here's what happens, though, because, like, you do Xeno once and you're done, you do Divinity once and you're done. I wonder if there's room for like uh, like something you do weekly you know what if the first time you go into garden each week if you do a certain puzzle you get like some type of a drop rate buff or something I don't know uh, you know and, and here's the problem with that if you gotta do the puzzle every week it becomes tedious and annoying I wonder if sometimes puzzles like what we did for Xenophage and what we did for De- Divinity are really good as a one off but if we did them weekly, it would be really frustrating, right? And if that's true, let's imagine that that's true. Let's imagine that Bungie concludes 
those type of puzzles are best at best as a one-off experience then I think it's also a fair conclusion to say we're not going to do a ton of these because it's a one-off people do them one time and they're done it's kind of like an exotic quest you remember the exotic quest for the uh, Kvostov was awesome we, we've referenced that before we loved how it was really cool to remember our journey in Destiny and that first time we met our ghost you know and I but I, I'm not going to make requests like that from every quest or oh we need lots more of those because I know that those take time and I don't know if I want Bungie putting a lot of time into one-offs I kind of want Bungie putting time into loopable substantive you know good perk depth good loot depth I would rather than be putting time into that than putting time into a one-off puzzle that again remember the premise here is that these types of puzzles are good one time and if if you if you have to do it every week it might become kind of tedious it's kind of like the jumping puzzles in some places like last wish i remember some of the jumping areas being like i just don't want to do this every single freaking week right it just gets arduous all those in between areas all those all those oh you got to travel that far every time it just starts to wear on you um and some people might disagree and be like oh i love the jumping puzzles i love the in-betweens it's great every time uh generally i think the lion's share of the community tries to get through that stuff as fast as possible because it starts to get old arcane blaze i know other games have done a similar thing but what could bungie do uh as a community exotic weapon no i don't want that in destiny i don't want community made anything t-funk do you think bungie could reuse resources outbreak prime mission going through the old tower or whisper missions 100 percent 100 percent turn those into strikes adventures turn them develop a new classification of mission you could say um you could say you could call them you know mystery memories or memory mystery something like that where like it's a memory like we're looking back and saying oh remember the whisper mission and it's an instanceable grindable activity you know because you get a year out and it's like man anybody that didn't get to experience the whisper mission could you launch that as like yeah like a dungeon like a mini dungeon or something so people can just do it and then add a drop that's not the whisper or maybe have the whisper be a drop but have other drops have other things in there um if they were strikes they'd be the hardest ones to match make into right maybe not a match made environment maybe not a match made strike it might be better suited as like a dungeon that you have to take your buddies into but man yeah you might get more capital out of those because they're really fun uh they really they're really fun i like i know they can still do it i know they can still do it i'm just saying it's something that's more of a pillar activity in the game on like the map that you click on easy e do you think any of the remaining raid challenges could bring to light a new strategy that becomes the go-to for a given encounter much like the blights once oryx from kingsfall well since people have already learned that you have to you can you can just absolutely destroy the boss by using relay defender one of two things could happen in the final fight that could be the challenge that you're only allowed to stun him once um and if you stun him twice it's a challenge failed the other thing they could do is they could say you have to stun him twice so you can't do the 
relay defender stack up strategy so it becomes an endurance test because if you remember Vosik was an endurance test you had to go to two rooms you couldn't one phase him right wasn't Vosik like a did you have to blow up two rooms it was one room each side or something like that and or was it three rooms frick I can't remember Vosik was like an endurance test challenge it was two rooms with balls, right? Yeah. So you couldn't one-phase Vosik. People like to one-phase him. They like to push him, uh, you know, push damage really, really high with the sleeper. And we couldn't do that. So you could do that with the final fight. You could say, you know, no. You think no rebuilding is allowed for the final challenge? Jiminy frick. That'll be terrible. That'll be terrible. No rebuilding. Everybody's just going to run well to do it. You're going to have to make sure you have a well every single time. I would dislike that challenge a lot. I would rather them say, you have to rebuild. If you kill him, if you go to damage and you kill him and there's places that haven't been rebuilt, you fail challenge. But I guess that wouldn't be a good one because then you'd kill him and it would say challenge failed and you'd be done. They like to do uh, they like to do it where you know you failed. Um, so yeah, maybe no, no, no rebuild or something like having to rebuild every time there'd be no way to know unless you start doing damage to him I don't know I'm really curious how they're gonna do the last one no rebuilding would be wild I think that one would be wild I, I but I can see them doing that one um, no rebuilding isn't a challenge for most people it is a challenge I think no rebuilding would be a pretty big challenge it goes way way smoother for us by rebuilding the whole time um, but the reason I don't like no building as a challenge is because you're literally just not doing something. Oh, there's already a strat for that? Doesn't mean it's not the challenge. The 16 detonation at orcs was a strat that people were using, and it was still a challenge. Uh, Krusty the Bear. For the raid and the raid challenges, do you think Guided Games is actually facilitating a fun experience for new players? How could you change that version of matchmaking? Guided Games doesn't belong in the game. It needs to go away. In-game LFG would be a far better spend of resource, time, and development. I think Guided Games is basically a waste. Um, I've talked about this many, many times before. Guided Games is a funnel that requires two types of players, and experienced players that know what they're doing are barely filling the funnel. Uh, if you're an experienced player and you know what you're doing, you probably have a clan, you probably have a crew, you probably are familiar with LFG and using LFG. So there's a giant propensity within the realm of, let's take the 10% of the raiding community that raids on a regular basis, let's just take them, and then out of that percentage, how many of them are just totally fine to run the raid with their clan, their buddies, or LFG. I would say a lot of them. So you're already dealing with a minority in the community, and then you have to slice that minority even slimmer to say, in this minority, there's almost nobody that's going to want to run raids and teach people and have it be rough, you know? Excedrin. What do you think about reasonable raid gear in addition to regular raid... Oh, seasonal... I'm sorry, I misread that. What do you think about seasonal raid gear in addition to regular raid gear that could be farmed. Oh, like they update the raid with just updates to the seat like the season they add they add new gear or whatever. I don't know. Part of me wonders uh, if that would be worth it. If the encounters don't change, I don't know if people would like that as much as like having at least a couple of different encounters so it feels like a raid layer. 
Hey Shiz, how would you feel about a hymn of desecration type of thing for the raid? They could give us one for weapons and armor. Right, you pop, you 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 could go and buy one per week per character or something, and you could dictate like you pop it before the encounter, and that dictates that you get either either your armor or gun. I think that'd be fine. Salt Vulture, since Bungie is independent from Activision, that means less resources to create new things. So, do you think? Uh, we might see more reworkings of old things in the future. Yeah, I do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read the rest here. I, I definitely think you're gonna see a lot more uh, repurposing. I don't think they're just gonna leave activities like Escalation Protocol, the the planets themselves, um, maybe even Blind Well. We know that they like to repurpose stuff. We know that. I could definitely see. Um, I could definitely see them doing that. Or, or you could also, as people in chat are saying, just let us run uh, for the previous question about like letting us get a hymn of desecration. You could just let us run the raids multiple times for non-powerfuls. So, I do think though, with the, it's not even about limited resources necessarily, right? It's more about, it's more about limited bandwidth and repurposing existing encounters, activities and boss fights and loot pools might be easier and again, you gotta be careful I've continued to say, if they repurpose a planet, an NPC or a planetary activity like Blindwell or Escalation Protocol, that needs to do that needs to be free right? That needs to be free they need to be able to say um, this is not something that you're paying for that's why I don't think they did a lot of year one reskin repurposing in Shadowkeep because they didn't want people to feel like, okay, so let me get this straight. We're paying for Shadowkeep, which is a return to the moon, which is a D1 planet. And on top of that, you're also filling the loot pool with a lot of stuff that that we've already had before. I think that the, the reskin criticism would have gone way up if you would have had, you know, any year one stuff showing up. So... Um, what are you guys saying that is easy in chat? We're having a disagreement about it being easy. I'm curious what you guys are talking about. You do a no rebuild once and you're saying it's easy since when it's doing something once enough time to test anything. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people though, Sherman, I I don't think their logic is we did it once. It's easy. I think they're saying we did it once and it wasn't that hard to do. And now we do it like that all the time. I think a lot of people have gone the no rebuilding strategy. I think a lot of the LFG teams are doing no rebuilding strategies because you basically just do your double 15s, you lock the banks, and then the people outside don't have to worry about rebuilding. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, you don't always need to do something multiple times to know it's easy or not. Like the first time somebody showed me, hey, look, if we do double invades and we lock and we lock the left bank, look how easy this is. I did it one time and immediately saw, oh wow, I didn't even need to do it actually. The minute people told me it locked the bank, I was like, oh, that probably makes it really easy then, right? Um, I have close to 40 clears and have not once uh, not rebuilt things. I mean, I could definitely understand not wanting to do the no rebuild strategy. If you guys remember... Uh, you remember in Oryx, the no night strategy? I didn't like that. I didn't like bypassing the, um, I didn't like bypassing the mechanic. And the no night strategy was basically, you would, 
if I'm if I if I, if my recollection is good here, the no night strategy was that you delayed killing ogres, and then you killed ogres, and then immediately went to detonation, so there was no chance for the knights to eat the bombs. It it was terrible. It was a disaster. Ogres were all over the place. They were wrecking people. They were melting people. It made way more sense to just hit your shots, kid, and take out your light eater knight. They were not that hard to kill. Um, my big, my big uh, favorite moment was when I killed all four light eater knights from the top. I was always racing to try to beat the other guys that were helping me run the raid. Um, yeah, no knight strategy was freaking terrible. So I understand somebody being like, I don't want to do a no-build strategy. That sounds awful. Um, honestly, not know people sat on top of the pillars in wells is a strategy. That sounds no fun at all. Right, and especially if you get somebody in there that understands how to rebuild quickly, like I was doing with Vreek, it's like having people rebuild is really, really nice. It's, 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 actually, it's actually really helpful to rebuild. Uh, Chief Gorilla, do you think a shotgun with trench barrel and one-two punch would be possible if Bungie makes it a pinnacle? You're talking about building an app. That sounds like an exotic to me. That sounds better than an exotic. Being able to go boom, one-two punch, boom, 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 trench barrel. Now I got three trench barrel shots. Now my one-two punch is ready again. I don't know. That just seems like too much. That seems that seems like an exotic to me. That doesn't even sound like a pinnacle. There are no pinnacles anymore anyway. That's that's higher than a ritual. Um and then the problem is when you make a gun like that, there's no other shotgun worth using. You'd almost have to make it an exotic. Uh, above the chicken. What do you think of the different challenges giving different ornaments in addition to gear? I would love that. I really think the raid armor is right for ornamental uh, vanity items. Um, there's a lot that could be done with these because of the glows coming off and the, the moving circuitry. Uh, you could even consider allowing us to get an ornamental thing down here that is a color palette that I don't know, maybe you slap on the ornament and maybe the circuitry takes on the color of the shader. Uh, maybe you can go in and change the color of the of the ornament or maybe there's just like four or five colors that they give. You know, there's a red, there's a purple, there's a yellow and then that's the end of it. I mean, those are just ideas off the top of my head. I do think though that the raid armor is ripe, is ripe for ornamental uh, expansion. Uh, aggressive expansion. Like, I, uh, it'd, be, it'd be cool to see them do something like that. I don't know if they could go to the level of like RGB, like you're like dragging a color slider to change it. That'd be freaking cool though. But I do think that the, the the armor in the raid is one of the places where I would love to see them do some ornamental stuff, especially considering there was a lot of that reskin criticism, which that died pretty quickly. I think once people started seeing the armor, it definitely looks... I think distinct and different and unique enough. Some of the pieces look completely different, by the way. Um, the warlock robes are a really good example. The raid robes look nothing like this. Like that's the armor that supposedly influenced the raid. The, you know, the raid warlock piece. That looks nothing like uh, the actual uh, piece that you can get in the raid. Like this right here looks basically a- almost. I mean, very little. It almost looks nothing like 
that piece that I just showed you. I actually don't know why. I, I would really like that to drop for me. I don't think I've gotten one to drop. Or when it... No, it's grayed out in my collections. I have not gotten the, the Warlock chess piece yet uh, from the raid. And I think it's one of the better looking pieces. I would prefer to run that as opposed to the seasonal uh, seasonal piece. As much as I like the seasonal ornaments. Um, so... That could be something maybe they do with raid layers. If they do a raid layer in garden and you're going into a lot of the same areas but the encounters are changing a little bit, they could update the gun pool and then instead of having new 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 armor pieces, they could just do ornaments that attach to the existing uh, that seem to iterate on the existing uh, raid armor uh, that we already have. Uh, and Bob the Chicken with another one about the menagerie. What do you think about a future season building on the menagerie and the chalice like more gear, more runes, different challenges? Well, when you look at Escalation Protocol, actually, even if you look at the Infinite Forest, so if you look at Infinite Forest, Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, The Forges, Reckoning, and then Menagerie, you got a lot of pieces of content that could be iterated upon and evolved, but you have to be careful. The minute you do that, you're going to hear from so many people about reskins, I'm sick of reskins, blah, 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 blah. I continue to say, as long as it's free, okay, there is no reason to leave old activities in the dustbin, whether it's Escalation Protocol or Blind Well, The Forges, Reckoning, and Menagerie. I don't think those things should be left in the dustbin. Like, if next year, in the summer, they decide to do something with Menagerie, why the frick would you not want them to do that? Because by then, nobody's running Menagerie anyway. No one gives a frick. Why take that container, that environment, and that activity and just relegate it to the far corners of time where slowly but surely the game just withers and dies? It's like we just keep moving away from like the withering dead part of the game and hang out in a very small slice. I just continue to try to tell people that and try to cast that vision that it's okay for Bungie to comb through the old activities and loop pools and repurpose them as long as it's free. As long as they're not charging you, yeah, here's $10 for season of the season of dawn and it's 90% reskin. Well, then we could have a conversation, but I think a lot of the reskin eververse, we didn't get enough new content. I think a lot of that stuff is rooted in a lot of exaggeration and hyperbolic claims about how we got almost nothing this season and do 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 because you didn't get a vendor refresh and because eververse got some new stuff. Everyone runs to retweet and like and upvote comments like that that are not seemingly rooted in the actual, you know, content itself, the reality of what Shadowkeep and Season of Dying brought. I thought they brought some really, really good things. And, you know, by and large for myself, I I think my bias is making me enjoy Shadowkeep maybe more than other people. I love intentional grinds and both the Lectern, the way they set up the Lectern, the way they set up the Nightmare Hunts, and the way they've set up Vex Offensive and all these things. They're all really crafted to the, what I like. Even the, even the Altars of Sorrow activity, you know what the daily weapon is and you can chase it all day if you'd like. A lot of the way they structured Shadowkeep is suited to my liking and I think that maybe gives me a little bit of a bias toward praising it, but I also think five years into the franchise, if you don't want to run any of the content, the bounties, the activities, and grind for loot, then I don't really know what you want from Bungie or Destiny because that's essentially the the game that we're playing and have been playing for five years. Um, 
So, if you guys are enjoying this, by the way, if you're one, if you're a new viewer and you're listening or watching, this is like an interactive podcast where I talk a lot. Uh, there will be gameplay in a little bit. We'll do some raids. We already did some uh, some stuff this morning. We already did some nightmare hunt time trials. Uh, if you're enjoying yourself, remember to click the follow button. That's a free way to support what I do. This is a safe for family, safe for work stream. I was not swearing and and crass stuff on the channel. Now sometimes that's later in the stream when we play games where there is swearing. Uh, but if you're enjoying it. Uh, remember, you can push that follow button. Buffer with the next question. Do you think there must be challenge emblems like we had before? What's the issue with Hawthorne, and how do we get uh, how much engrams we have to collect? Thanks. Well, I I don't understand the second half of your question. The the way yeah emblems for challenges was really really cool in King's Fall. They did the same thing for Wrath. I think that would be pretty neat. I liked that. There was like the spider. There was an emblem with like a spider on it, and like an emblem with some of the other things on it. I really really liked that. I thought that was neat. Uh, when they did that um, I don't know if they need to do that again because I do think people like the one um, oh to the le- yeah the Leviathan challenges had emblems didn't they I like the emblem that just tracks your raid clears and I wonder if people I wonder if people are happy with that and wouldn't be happy about a challenge emblem that like makes them change their emblem that's tracking you know how many clears they got so I would be concerned that if you did that people might be like yeah thanks but we don't really care we like the one that tracks our clears um unless every single challenge tracked you know number of challenges completed or number of raids completed so when you switch to it you're not kind of losing that tracker um some people some people I think like having that tracker to say you know here's how many here's how many raids I've done you know Last Wish had an emblem for doing all the challenges. That wouldn't be bad because there's an emblem for all the time trials in the nightmare hunts. Um, that actually looks really, really cool. We should be getting that tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably try and knock out the very last uh, time trial triumph, which is for the. Uh, for, it's for freaking um, what's his face. It's time trial of uh, despair for Crota. And then we'll get this one here. It's actually a pretty cool little emblem. And then it tracks the, uh, I think the number of nightmares that master you've run. Uh, I, I think, I think that's the way that one works. I think it tracks the number, uh, the number of, of nightmares you've done. I don't know if that's an activity emblem. You would think that'd be an activity emblem. Yeah, right here. Tracks the number of nightmare hunts completed on Master, so I've got 39. That's a nice emblem. You know, it looks cool. Getting it is not easy. And then it and it tracks something that's, you know, that's that's no small feat to have, you know, a handful of uh, Master Nightmare Hunts. Now, obviously, you could juice that number and grind Gaul or Fanatic, or we even found a way to bake Fogoth. You know, you grind those all day, you know, five or six minutes. You could really boost that number. Uh, you got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Um... I would, I would definitely think that they could continue to iterate on emblems as sources of like tracking things for you, so you don't feel this sense of like I don't care about my emblem. My emblem is just pretty. Uh, the emblem could be more of like a. I remember in Call of Duty, the first time I saw a, an animated emblem. There was an animated emblem like really, really deep in the challenges. I was like, dude, I'm never, ever, ever going to get that, right? I'm never going to get that. But it'd be cool if emblems were a little bit more like that, maybe a little bit more personalized, maybe a little bit more like showing off, you know, the things that you value the most. Um, 
there's not a lot of space there though so it might not be it might not be as possible but i do like the contextual emblem that tracks things in that area you know it's like oh you've done this many raid clears you've done this many you know master nightmares so stuff like that i think there's definitely room for so we're probably going to transition from this to run some raids but you can see us do the challenge we've got a pretty good strategy for it if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you could probably catch me live right now at say no to rage.com as with all of my content i appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe